Go beyond the superficial. Go beyond the noise. And Hype delivers business knowledge gained from developing and manufacturing hundreds of products, working with high-growth entrepreneurs from all over the world. Focus skills and passion into innovative ideas. Take control. Become the engineer of your own life. Transform product ideas into business realities. This is And Hype. Transform product ideas into business reality. My name is Callie Keen, and this is End Hype. Make ideas into products at any volume. Let's get into this. Today, we're going to talk about finding and vetting suppliers and manufacturing partners. I get this question all the time. There's some people that think that it's overwhelming, and some people think that it's an easy button. If they just had the name, if they just knew where to call in China or the email address that there's some giant easy button and boom, their business is going to explode. All the problems are going to go away. No issues, just pure growth, pure scale, reduced costs, shipping products. Everything's going to work out. Both sides of the spectrum are, are really frustrating for me. If it was really, really easy, people like me wouldn't exist. If it was super, super hard, products wouldn't get to market. So there's as always, the truth is somewhere kind of in the middle. So let's get into this. I want to tell you a little story and why this is so powerful of a skill to develop. I was negotiating a deal with a new customer. The size of the order was large enough that we couldn't meet the demand. I mean, we could manufacture the product. We could laser cut it. We could form it. We could weld it. We could paint it. We could assemble it, test it, ship it. All of those things that you would normally be able to do with our manufacturing capabilities. The problem was the purchased components had very high costs, they had long lead times, and in some cases, this order would actually use up more product than was actually available in the United States. We would use several times what was normally imported from manufacturers. There's just no way to actually meet the customer demand. I told the customer, hey, if you're going to move forward, I'll hop on a plane. Give me a couple days, I'll hop on a plane, I'll fly to China, I will source the components directly. No distributors, no resellers. We will create a better supply chain for all the components of this product so we can scale it to whatever level that you want. A week later, I was in China. Why did I offer this? And how did I know I could do it? I'd already built a skill and understanding and a process for sourcing. I'd made products with suppliers all over the world. I'd already been to China, already been to 100 factories. Uh, I've already worked with suppliers locally, domestically, and then at that point, internationally. And I knew that we could do it if we had the purpose to do it. That deal led to amazing growth for our business, improving the product and reducing costs, which we've benefited from for the last handful of years. And this is something that we've been able to repeat for other clients, other projects. Um, Very powerful to understand what you can do, what you're best at, where you need to partner, and how you can partner to scale up your business. So what are we actually going to talk about? We're going to get into some of the details. I'm going to give you some of the pitfalls, and I'm going to give you some of my hacks on how to improve this process. So I don't want to make it boring. I don't want to get down into the spreadsheet level of detail. You can always message me, email me if you want to get down on that level, right? That's what I do on a day-to-day basis. I want to show you 
how to move beyond tinkering, beyond prototyping, and expand your vision of what it would look like if you were massively successful. I want you to create quality products at volume, at scale to the market, or to be able to facilitate whatever that growth is, whatever that dream is that you have. We're going to cover a step-by-step process to find a manufacturer for your product. We're going to talk strategies for vetting potential partners and spotting red flags. And I'm going to give you critical tips for managing the supply chain for long-term results, right? We don't want to just be amazing today. We want to be amazing in the future and we want to keep getting better. So first, why do people actually want to outsource manufacturing? I feel like this is pretty obvious, but you'd be surprised how many growing companies, their instant reaction is, I want to build a factory. I want to do it all myself. So they shift from being an innovative, high growth product business into being a slow capital intensive manufacturing business and managing manufacturing, unless that's your thing, you become an infrastructure business. So infrastructure and innovation, they can go hand to hand, but more probably the structure is that you handle an element of the design that you're very comfortable with. You handle an element of the prototyping that you are competent in and that you utilize partners to fill in the gap and enable you to get to market faster with higher quality product, better ideas, better execution. I mean, that makes sense. But a lot of people, their first reaction is, I want to buy a CNC machines. I want to, how does injection molding work? Should I buy an injection molding machine? This is a real conversation that I have. I can't help those people. If we think things like that, we're, we're probably in a lot of trouble. But realistically, what we're looking at is massive cost savings because you're going to leverage existing infrastructure. You're going to look at better quality outcomes because you're using a mature business. You're tapping into a supply chain that already exists. You're not figuring it out on the fly. If you can get this process right, you have access to scale. You can work with manufacturers at different volumes to maybe make a thousand or 10,000 or a million pieces. Can't grow as fast internally if you're doing this yourself. It's highly improbable. How do we find potential manufacturers? Do we just run out to Alibaba or ThomasNet or one of those sites and start typing in, oh, I want this, I want this, and start blasting off emails? I want you to take a step back. I want to define the product and service that you actually need. Suppliers offering single manufacturing processes are very different from contract manufacturers. The right supplier can produce your product. Maybe you just need machined parts. Maybe you're just making a simple plastic part and you need an injection molding company. But more than likely, you're looking for someone that has support internally. Maybe they have engineering support, they have tooling support, they have logistics or compliance support. So we have to understand what your capabilities are and then match that to the contract manufacturer. Better questions yield better answers. Anytime we're reaching out to gain knowledge gain capability, improve ourselves, we have to define what we're actually trying to do. Otherwise, we're directionless and we don't know what success looks like. So first, define the product and service that you actually need. Right? Do you need somebody to do everything for you? Turn key. I highly recommend looking at that as an opportunity because it will help you scale. But do you need someone to just do casting for you? Do you need a specific manufacturing partner to improve an existing supply chain? Understand what your objectives are before just going crazy and spending a lot of time searching around. But what are the best ways of searching? How do you find a manufacturer for your product in the U.S.? How do you find a reliable contract manufacturer in China? How do you know if they can produce your product? So searching around Alibaba and ThomasNet is how most people find manufacturers. 
We have a next level tactic that gives better results in far less time. Finding manufacturing suppliers can be easy. Not to discount the effort of searching around Alibaba and ThomasNet. If you search Alibaba and you find somebody making a very similar analogous product to to yours, it uses the same components, it has the same level of quality, then it's a pretty good idea that they could make your product. It's also fairly likely that they could copy your product. So there could be intellectual property issues that you face. But here's the hack. Here's the way that we do it first. I talk to other startups. I talk to successful, funded, and delivered, actually fulfilled Kickstarter projects, other entrepreneurs. I have a network of people that I know have produced high quality products. So I go out and I ask. And in general, people are very giving of their their information. If they've made a trading card deck, if they've made a game, if they've made a complex internet of things product, quite often they'll just give me a referral. They'll tell me what they liked, what they didn't like, what the problems were, and I can shortcut a lot of this process, or at least I can shortlist that manufacturer as somebody that I should follow up into the vetting process. So without getting super deep in finding, because you can use Alibaba, I've literally pulled over in the side of the road in China, used Alibaba because I hated the factory that I went to, used Alibaba to find another factory in that area, gone there and found a great manufacturer, which I use to this day. I have used ThomasNet to source factories in the U.S. from across the country to right down the street. Finding those niche suppliers is possible using those sites. Understand that most manufacturers don't have a massive social media presence. They're not exactly all-stars of personal brand. They don't have fantastic high-ranking websites. It's very difficult to just use an organic Google search. You can, and you'll yield some results, but by and large, you will not get 90, 95% of the amazing contract manufacturers that are available. Somebody might be right down the street from you, and you cannot find them with a Google search, but ThomasNet is far more comprehensive. So the hack here is go out and ask. I know I say that about so many things, but it holds to be true across any type of growth and development. Build a community of people around you that can support you. Build a network that helps you grow and scale. Get a mentor, somebody that can just say, here's what I've done in the past. Here's where I would start. And this cuts down, this process can take three months. It can take six months to develop a real supply chain before you're even really making prototypes or making molds and testing and shipping and trying. It can take a very long time, which you probably do not have the organizational capacity. You don't have the bandwidth for. As an entrepreneur, we're already pulled in a ton of different directions. So this is just one more thing, and it's probably not the the thing that's your core competency that you really know about that you really love. So do you want to learn from scratch or do you want to just ask? Asking is usually a shortcut. So make a list of different contract manufacturers, CMs that you're going to work with that you could potentially work with. And let's move on to the vetting process. It said good manufacturing companies are hard to find. It's very difficult by extension to discern between a fantastic manufacturing company and a mediocre one or a terrible one. No one writes on their website, we have terrible quality. Everyone says that quality is number one, but not necessarily the truth. 
bedding factories. I don't care if it's your machine shop that's down the street or your 3D printing company that you like to use online or a massive contract manufacturer across the world. You need to go through an actual vetting process. People ask me these questions. They say, how do I determine if an Alibaba supplier is legit? Can they produce my product? How will they protect my intellectual property? I get these questions all the time, but they're generally not the serious questions. They're not how professionally we would go about selecting a contract manufacturer. We look at different features of their business. In general, you look at capabilities and most contract manufacturers, they don't do everything. They do some things really well. They do some things in-house and then they have their own supply chain. So this allows us to have less relationships that we have to manage and they will manage the complexity of having the five, 10 vendors that are needed to build your product. So there's advantages to that and there's disadvantages. What we really want to do in the capability is to see, have they made similar products of similar complexity, similar volumes, and are they an actual manufacturing company? Are they not just a trading company? If we want trading companies, we can talk about that later. We talk about using sourcing firms. But in general, I want to know the name of the actual contract manufacturer and I want to work with them. So th- they can do a lot for me all in one shot. But do they have expertise in all of the different processes that I need? Do they have the experience? Do they have the qualifications? Do they have appropriate certifications to work in the industry? Do they have ISO or or any one of the other innumerable different qualifications that are required? Compliance-wise, I want to make sure that for me, they have the type of labor practices that are important to me, that they uh, meet the regulations of their country, and that when they manufacture a product for me, it will meet the regulations of the countries I'm trying to sell in, whether that's Europe or America or wherever. Capacity is very important to me. I want to make sure that this is someone that we can grow with, that they can handle my low volume requests, you know, my prototypes, my pilots. They can handle the initial production and that they can go to where I need them to go. If I'm trying to run an eight figure business and they can't manufacture the hundred thousand units that I need, I don't want to go through this exercise again as I'm growing and scaling. In this conversation, there's also a pitfall that I want you to avoid. People's first thought is, I'm going to go to Flex. I'm going to go to Arrow. I'm going to go to Foxconn. I'm going to go to one of the biggest contract manufacturers on earth, and I'll just work with them because we're going to grow this really big business. Those companies will spend your entire budget before you can blink. They probably won't even respond to your emails. You can't use them. Maybe eventually you'll be at a scale where switching to them is helpful, but most likely, no. People like them or Benchmark or J-Bill or one of the other, even U.S. contract manufacturers, they're in the business of building factories that build product, not building your prototypes. So this is a common pitfall that people make is they spend a lot of time interviewing some massive contract manufacturer thinking, well, they're the best, but they're a terrible fit. It's not who you want. You can't even use them. And at the end of the day, they do eight figure, nine figure projects. Even if they did take it on, they would just burn through your capital immediately. And we look at uh, location. So I know that everybody's first inclination is these two things. U.S. manufacturing is great. We want U.S. manufacturing. But then they develop products that can only be made in countries other than the U.S. If you want to make products in the U.S., you have to design products that can be made in the U.S. You have to design premium products. I know if you listen to the podcast, I say it a million times. 
but you can't take the thing that you want, that social signaling that you feel is important, and then put the onus of implementing that on some poor little manufacturing company and say, you have to meet my costs. You can't pay your people a living wage because I need the product to be cheaper and I want it made in the US. It's not going to work out. Your business won't succeed. Their business won't succeed. Everybody's going to be unhappy, including your customers. So you can either design products that can be sourced and made in the U.S. and provide a living wage, or you can look at other places. Mexico is really a nearshoring opportunity. And then, of course, we have China, we have Taiwan, Vietnam, India's up and coming. What is the location that's going to work out for you? The reason that China is the big manufacturing hub right now isn't because the labor costs are low. So anytime that you see those reports that say, oh, labor is increasing in China, that's not why people get things made in China. It's because they have the capability and capacity at scale there. If I want to get a plastic part and I need a engineer to design the mold and review the product, I can get that done in a day. I can find that person and have them working on it. I can have the project done in a week where they've reviewed it or moving on to more advanced engineering topics. In America, it's very difficult to find those people that don't work for a large company. It goes across pretty much every process and pretty much every aspect of knowledge in manufacturing is that they have more, not just capacity, and inexpensive labor, but they actually have the capabilities and you have access to those capabilities on tap from one to one million. So when you look at the location, we have to put some different considerations into play. It's not just simply, hey, if I make it in the US, I don't have to pay as much shipping costs. Or if I make it in Mexico, I won't have to pay as much shipping costs or have that 40 days time on the water for China. It's that it may be very difficult to find the capabilities that you need to actually improve your product. That's why, again, we'll talk about sourcing companies, talk about design companies. That's why they exist, because they can interface with you and they can interface with their existing supply chain where they've found those manufacturers in the U.S. or they know how to communicate and work with those suppliers overseas. But for this vetting process... Pretty simple. I look at, do they actually do those processes that I need that we defined? Have they done something similar? Do they have the compliance that I need and I want? Do they actually have enough people to produce my product? And are they working in a location that's advantageous to me? So that's at the first glance what we would do for the vetting process. Now, given a different climate, I highly suggest, I highly suggest going and visiting factory. It will open up your ideas of what can be done, what designs look like, what manufacturing looks like, but it'll also build a relationship with your manufacturer. And then as we move on to talking about managing the supply chain, this is my number one hack. This is my number one tip for managing the supply chain is relationships. This is the ultimate tip. Relationships matter. They matter to everyone. Working with overseas manufacturers or people down the road is not as simple as demanding they make stuff. It's also not really as complicated as corporate supply chain management practices make it want to be, right? We're working with humans. They have a skill set. You have a demand. You have a need. A common question that I get is why are suppliers not responding to my quote? Or how can you trust suppliers with a large product order? So what I really ask is how can startups or entrepreneurs how can businesses build strong supplier relationships? So an easy way to get these people on board is you don't go and say, hey, I want a million of these things manufactured right now. There's a way to onboard a manufacturer going through a series of pilots and testing 
and then moving to production. There's ways of putting money in escrow. There's ways of auditing and getting third-party auditors to come to a facility, put checks and balances in place so you're not getting shipped a bunch of junk. But at the end, if we do all those things, that's great, but we need to build a real relationship. You should know those people. You should know their name. You should check in with them on a continual basis. So a repeatable, whether it's weekly or monthly or whatever, you actually have to speak with them. Just by picking a contract manufacturer, you're not saying this is that easy button. I don't have to worry about supply chain management anymore. You need to watch that process. And what's important about this is you get to see in this process, you get more confidence, you get more capabilities. So you can do this repeatedly, just like my story in the beginning. We we want to gain this as we want to gain this as an area of operational excellence so we can grow our company, so we can build another product and build product after product and deliver them at a high quality at whatever volume we need to our customers. Because if your supply chain is terrible, your product's going to be terrible. If your product is terrible, your customers are going to be unhappy and your business is going to be terrible. So when we look at this, I want you to define what you need. I want you to search, especially search by just ask people. I don't care if they're strangers or they're friends, but you should be developing a network you can lean on and ask and get information. I want you to actually qualify in a process-oriented way, these suppliers. You can just try to blast them a a quote, ask them, quote me this project, but the results that you're going to get versus actually qualifying people will be night and day. And then I want you to continually manage that supply chain. If you have questions about how this works and how for your idea or your product, we can find suppliers or where the best suppliers are or other websites for listing suppliers, message me. This is the kind of stuff that I want to pull into the End Hype movement, our private community, and talk about and solve. These are the things that all of you as product entrepreneurs or potential product entrepreneurs should be discussing amongst each other. If you see somebody in there that has a really successful product that's cast and you have a a question about casting or you'd like a supplier, highly probable that this is the type of collaboration that will solve problems really quickly inside the community. So if you're interested, I'll put a link in the description, but that's what we're growing. Finding and vetting manufacturing partners, not really just suppliers, right? Partners, they're business partners. They're going to help you grow. It's a big deal but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be daunting. Let's go out, let's ask, let's qualify, and let's start working with them piece by piece by piece and gain that trust, build that relationship, and let's go. Let's all grow together. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. This has been and quick call to action. If you have a question that if answered would take your life or your business to the next level, message me, email me, get in contact with me, I'll turn it into an episode. This episode was something that a particular person, a friend requested, and we're going to dive in deep together on how to do it for his specific business. But I wanted to take this information and I wanted to give it out to the community. I wanted to give it out to the end hype movement just so everyone else has a piece of this to get started and have a little bit more certainty around that growth. I appreciate you. My name is Callie Keen. This is end hype.